Well, good day, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to uh, Fishing for Men with Mac. I'm excited about today's show. This is the um, <coughs> 17th of December 2021, Friday. It's cold here in Durban. And today we'll be dealing with the topic, how to earn your righteousness. And this is a deeply Christian topic, but I believe that it will also be relevant to you if you are struggling with Christianity, you're struggling with its morality, if you're a Christian and you're trying to understand how you're supposed to accept that you're going, you, you're saved by grace, but yet you also need to be obedient to God or you are, or maybe you, you, you're sitting and, you, and you're feeling like you're just not good enough for God and you're just not going to make heaven because you're so aware of your sin. I want to tell you just to listen to this podcast. I've got a wonderful guest with me um, on the show uh, today, Rampai, a, a, a young man that came into my life quite a number of years ago and has just been an, an amazing person. If you've ever met him, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. You haven't heard about him, you're gonna, you haven't met him, you're going to hear his heart today in this podcast as we discuss the difference between grace and works. Uh, this is episode 74 and I pray that you will uh, enjoy our conversation. Cheers. Okay, and so the big question that we need to ask is, why do a podcast on this topic, on how to earn your righteousness? Um, you might be wondering, well, what, why is that relevant to you? I think wh whether you're a Christian or not a Christian, I think this is an important topic because the Christian would say, well, uh, I earn my righteousness by being good by doing the right stuff, by obeying all of the Christian rules. And, that, uh, it, it, and that's the Christian's biggest struggle, because it doesn't matter whether you're Christian or not, you know that you've, you've made a mess in certain areas of your life. The Christian's biggest struggle is sin. Um, you are listening to this and you're a Christian, you've got sin in your life that you're struggling with. And it makes you feel unworthy of coming into God's presence. There is uh, so, so morality and the feelings of guilt that you experience if you've done something you know you shouldn't have been doing. You know God's word says you shouldn't be doing that. Your conscience is eating at you. You are wondering how God is going to judge you about this. You're scared of dying. So this is an extremely important topic to, to talk about. Um, Frank Turek said, maybe there are some cases. This was actually on his Facebook uh, post the other day. He said, maybe there are some cases out there. But I've not seen a case where people who have deconstructed their faith and are no longer Christian did not cite biblical sexual ethics as a reason to live, leave Christianity or even disbelieve in God. And so what Frank Turek is getting at is he's saying that it's because of morality, specifically sexual immorality, that Christians would often deconstruct their faith. They would often say, well, you know what? I don't want to be a, a Christian anymore. It's either too hard for me to be obedient to God or it's just not worth it for me to, to, to do it right. And, and often, the, I think the, the big issue is that uh, people don't understand what grace means. People don't understand that God actually forgives us for the worst types of sins that we commit, even if we are Christians. Um, and, and all of us, I mean, it doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian, you know that you've got sin in your life. You, you, you know that you don't measure up to the holiness and the righteousness of God. Jordan Peterson uh, described it so well once. He said, my sense is that the average person, myself included, has more than enough sins on their conscience to keep themselves busy polishing themselves up for the rest of their lives. And that's true. I mean, if we sit back, we know that there's, there's, there's some mess in our minds. 
Okay. And so we constantly know that we're not good enough for God. How do we deal with that? I think that's why I think this, this topic is important, but not only for Christians um, to understand the grace of God, to understand how do we get into a position where God's actually happy with us, regardless of our sin. Um, there's also the this, this struggle from the atheist perspective, because the atheist's biggest struggle with Christianity is also morality. It is the rules of Christianity. At the heart of the reason why many people don't want to become Christians is because of the, because of the rules. Uh, so from the perspective of atheism, they're saying, look, man, you, you guys have got all these rules. You yourself break these rules and, and you want me to obey these rules so that God can be happy with me. I think all of this is a misconception as to what the gospel really is. And that's why I'm so, so excited that my dear brother, um, Rampai has has brought up this topic and said, hey, why don't we do like a, a podcast on it? And um, uh, before I introduce him, I just want to read you something that sort of will give us a little bit of direction. Um, and it's it was said by Chuck Swindle. He calls it the pristine gospel. And this really is what the gospel is. Okay. That Jesus Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. He was buried. He was raised from the dead according to the scriptures. He was seen. And Jesus' death is sufficient to satisfy all of God's demands against sin. And if you place your faith and trust in Christ, you are saved. And then he, he ends it off that section and he says, not what I have done, but what he has done on the cross. And I think that that will sort of guide our, our talk from here because um, what Chuck is saying so well is, and this is the gospel in a nutshell, that it's not about how good I am or about how, how holy I can be or about how right I can do everything. Um, it's about what Jesus had done on the cross. And so Christians are forgiven people. They're not perfect people. And this is something that Christians don't understand. And this is something that atheists don't understand. You don't become a Christian so that you can be perfect. You become a Christian so you can be forgiven and that what you've done in this life will not be held against you. And yeah, the same thing I think uh, Christians need to hear about. And so what I'm going to do is I'm just going to introduce you quickly to Rampai. Um, so, so Rampai was a high school student when I met him. I was a youth minister and he, uh, um, through a friend, wanted to go to a youth camp that we were that we were holding. And so I met him at this petrol garage and he had, he was dressed like with a pink tie and I think a pink or purple shirt or whatever. And he's, he used to, he used to jelly his head to his, to his head. And so, so when I met him, I was like, yes, who's this character? And it was such an interesting oak, but one thing he's always had is just this tremendous love. Um, so I think since a young age, he has, he's had the soft heart trying to understand God and, and trying to understand the God of love and, you know, he can talk a little bit more about that. And, and just over time, you know, he came and lived in our house and he's an, a tremendous dancer and, and he's just very talented. And so what he did is after school, he went to go study theology. So he's got a degree in theology. So at least uh, today he will have somebody on the show that knows what he's talking about. And then after that, I think he went and studied film so he can make movies and videos and stuff. And then after that, I think you went and studied, uh, Rampo, you need to help me here. What did you study else? Uh, I, then I went to school study beauty, uh, cosmetology. Beauty cosmetology. Therapist, and, I, and I'm currently a chef, um, uh, finishing okay. studying and working as a chef. Yes. So, so okay, so, so Rampo, you can, you can teach theology, you can make movies, you can make food, and you can put makeup yes. on. 
Uh, not makeup, but just help you with your skin problems. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, Machil, uh, thank you for having me on. I sincerely appreciate uh, you having me on. And I honestly really enjoy your podcast. And it's actually an honor to, to actually finally be on. And uh, I want to touch on and just to say thank you um, to all your viewers who listen. Uh, you played a very important role in my life and uh, in terms of where I am today. I would like to, not saying that it's all on you, uh, I praise God that I was able to meet you because you helped me get direction. I don't know where I'll be, where I would have been today without God. I credit everything that I've done uh, with, you know, by God's wisdom and God's grace. So thank you for playing a part. And I, can, I, can I just also say this, that um, because we're going to be discussing grace, I want to say that I came to know God not because of what you preached or you quoting me the Bibles, because you showed me God's love and God's grace. And that's what drew me closer. And that's why I'm here today to, to, to discuss what we're going to just talk about. Awesome. Thanks, Brew. It's, it, the, yes. the honor is mine, dude. Honor is mine. All right. So thank what, you. What's in your mind, Brew? Uh, and I just wanted to start by this. Actually, going back 10 years ago where we met and when I became a Christian, you know, I think the one thing that I never understood, especially as a young person, 1920, was hearing a lot of young people at my age, they were saying things like, I'm not ready to follow Christ. I need to clean my act first. I need to stop partying. I need to stop doing this. It was a whole list of things they needed to do in order to follow Christ. So I think for me, it started back then. Not like it, it, in my understanding, people back then, how they understood faith was, this is what I have to do to earn God. And one thing I noticed, as you've made many different comparisons in terms of Christianity and Islam and many other, many other religions. I'm not sure, maybe perhaps you've discussed this, but if, if you have, forgive me, I've missed that. But I think the one thing you haven't mentioned yet was that, you know, with Christianity, I, I, I believe if I'm not, if I'm, if I'm not correct, please, um, please correct me. I believe Christianity is the only faith where we don't have to work for salvation we don't have to work to get closer to god in islam you have to there's a whole lot of things you have to do you have to pray five times a day i don't know you have to probably go to ramadan uh, that and with other there's so these gods in other re religions they demand but christianity is the only religion where god does am i making sense yeah so this actually also even triggered re recently as you we've just now mentioned i'm a chef i work in the kitchen and i was amazed um, when, when, when I interact with people in, in matters of faith, all I hear is about, um, wow, I haven't prayed today. I still need to obey the 10 commandments, but these, these are things that are coming from young Christians, my age, a bit younger, uh, slightly a bit older. So I was shocked in my own ignorance. Um, I will admit I'm a bit ignorant. I, I have this assumption because this is 2021. I always assume that we all know Christ. And now that we all know Christ, we all understand grace. But it came to my surprise that people are unaware that um, Christianity is not a faith of working to get towards God. It's the work has already been done for us, if that makes sense. Yes. Yes. Um, and I also wanted to touch on the book of Galatians, which I think for me, uh, it's the book of grace, if I can just summarize it, where it's you have Paul, uh, like the one time that I see Paul opposing Peter, where the situation was in, 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 in the church of, in Galatia, where um, Peter was forcing um, the Christians to 
observe the law. And P uh, Peter, I mean, Paul, excuse me, opposes Peter and says, no, that's, uh, uh, you will not be justified by observing the law. And um, if, you, if you look at verse three, he even, he even goes as far as saying, you foolish Galatians. He who was, I feel, I feel as if he's very upset that these people are trying to justify themselves before God by observing the law, by getting circumcised, because Peter was trying to force these Christians um, that the only way to be justified before God is by observing the law. And I like how Paul handles it and says, who, uh, on, on chapter three, verse 10, he says, on whoever relies on observing the law, you're under a curse. And he goes on to say, it's for freedom the Christ has set us free. Um, to stand firm, then do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. And he says, mark my words, I, Paul, tell you, if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ is of no value to you. So what that means for me is that if you feel as if you need to work to get closer to God, you're alienating yourself from Christ, if, if that makes sense. Yeah. Or have I, I hope I've not been saying too much in a short <laughs> amount of time. No, perfect. No, 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 no. Any, anything else? Can I ask questions? Yes, please. Yes, please. Uh, I would, I because I when I relay this to my peers, they were like, "No, that's not possible," and they were they were shocked. They're, Are you telling me that um, I don't have to do things to be right with God? And I said yes, and they couldn't believe it, and 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 they're like, "No, it cannot be. I need to do something." You know, I don't know if you experienced that. And, and, and also, sorry, and if I may also touch on that, is that people feel as if, if they don't have to do anything to um, please God, they feel as if, okay, isn't that going to make me sin? But I feel as if it's actually the opposite. You know, when you realize how much God does for you and how much God loves, loves you, you your, your response to that is wanting to be a better person, to love more, not obeying because you, you have these sort of rules, but you're obeying out of love. If that makes sense. Yes, yes, yes. And Paul says, so sorry, so sorry, man. Uh, so sorry, Machil. Uh, he also says that um, in Romans, he, he says, shall we then go on sinning because, you know, we're under grace, not law. And he says, by no means. He says in, he says in, in uh, verse 7, Romans chapter 7, um, sorry, um, chapter 6, verse 1, he says, shall we then, what shall we then say? Shall we go on sinning so that grace might increase? By no means. We die to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Just to uh, read that short verse. Okay, so so what you are saying is is that we don't we don't do what is right, so we can be right with God. Okay. Yes. Um, His grace makes us right with God. Um, yes. We, we, we've been justified through faith in Christ, not through our yes. own works. And so, yes. um, but, but then why, why should I continue to do what is right? Because obviously I have to do what is right. Why um, should I continue doing what is right if it doesn't affect my salvation? I think, I think Paul answers that very, uh, very, uh, um, he answers, like I'll summarize Paul's argument in the book of, I, I always encourage people to always, not just read the Bible, but study, especially the book of Romans on the subject. Um, Paul, 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 Paul says um, here in uh, Romans chapter six, verse 15 says, like, um, says, what then shall we sin because we are not under law, but under graces by no means. Don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone, someone to obey him as slaves, you are slaves to the one whom you obey, whether you're a slave to sin, which leads to death or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. So when you offer yourself to God, 
uh, by his grace, you, it's not a matter of uh, I've, you live by God's spirit. Um, like I'll, if I can make a simple example, between you, between you and your wife, um, you love your wife and your wife loves you. You don't do things to please her. There's nothing to earn anymore. There's that relationship. So you build upon that. You do things because you love your wife. If that mm. makes sense, Machio. I, I hope I, I'm not sure if I answered your question. Yeah. Uh, let, me, let me just recap quickly uh, for those who are listening, just you know, what the issue at hand is. Um, you have, for example, the Catholic faith. And, and you, you, you get this, you hear this often over the TV, uh, you know, the other day with that comedian that I played, you know, you know, you know he says, what is his name again, Rampai? George Carlin. George Carlin. You know, George Carlin says, you know, uh, you've got these 10 rules to obey. There's, there's this perception out there in the world that, yes. uh, well, in because of Catholicism, that these are 10 rules. The 10 commandments are still to be obeyed today. And when you when you obey those 10 rules, then God is, is happy with you. And what we are saying on this podcast is that, first of all, those 10 rules, uh, well, eight Eight of them are repeated in the New Testament. We, we do obey those eight because Jesus repeated them. But those 10 rules, the 10 commandments were actually for the Jews. For in case you didn't know that, um, like, for example, the Sabbath, um, etc. Jesus did not repeat the, the idea that we, need to, um, that we need to obey the Sabbath, you know, keep the Sabbath. So we are followers of Jesus. Christians are followers of Jesus. They're not followers of the Jewish faith. Okay. Mm -hmm. But... In, in, in the Old Testament, yes, there was this idea that you needed to obey those Ten Commandments. And if you didn't, then you'd be in trouble with God. In the New Testament, that's not the case. In the New Testament, we are saved by grace, not through our obedience, not through how well we can do those, those, those Ten Commandments. But nevertheless, we still have to do those commandments. We still have to do what Christ says. I mean, Christ says, if you love me, you will do what I say. Right, Rampai? That is and correct. The question. And, and, sorry, you, know, you may go on. No, you may go on. And 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 the question that I asked Rampa is just um, so okay. But why should I then obey? I mean, if I if 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 I'm saved by grace and it's not my works that's getting me right with God, why should I bother at all by not sleeping around and not stealing stuff and killing people? I mean, you get you you get no, you get the question. I understand. Dude. Yes, I get the question. May, may, may I attempt to answer it? Yes. Uh, if I may answer it uh, by reading a text uh, from the book of Galatians, Paul, we know which this dispute between Peter and Paul, uh, law and grace. Paul, Pete, Paul writes in the book of Galatians, chapter 16, he says, so I say, live by the spirit and you will not glorify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desire, desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. You are, they are in conflict with each other so that you do not do what you want. But if you're led by the spirit, you're not under law. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, idolatry, witch, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage. And he goes on orgies. And he says, I, I warn you like I did before. Those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Then he says, but the fruits of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, against such there is no law. So he's saying, now we have the spirit. We don't need a set of commandments. Am I making sense, Machil? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I, I live by the spirit of God now. And this, the fruits of the spirits are like, as he said, patience, kindness, goodness. It's not a matter of, okay, I need to be good to somebody. 
when God's spirit is living in you, that's who you are. It's not an act anymore. Am I making sense? So if, yeah. so, so if people use this excuse by saying, okay, no, we're under grace. Uh, I can go sleep around. You don't have God's spirit in you. Like you do not know God. Am I yeah. making sense, Machil? I cannot say I have a relationship with you. And for example, and I would, I mean, for me, I think you would not, if I was an atheist, a God hater, we, we would not be able to have a relationship. Am I making sense, Machil? Yeah, yeah. So I think because we share the same spirit, it's, I hope I'm making sense. It's one of the reasons why we can relate with one another. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I hope that answers the question. Yeah, I, 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 definitely, I definitely think so. Um, I want to, um, I came across a, a sermon series that I did on Galatians. And there was one of the lessons I dealt with this topic. And I, I thought about just reading it to you guys. And Rampai, I want to challenge you to listen carefully to it. I'm just going to read you a section that I preached in that, that lesson. Um, and then see if you've got any comments or, or additions that you want to make. So I think it was a conclusion of that lesson. And I said, um, is there space for works in this gospel of grace? Because that's the question really on the table, right? We, it, is, it is the gospel of grace, not by works, but by him and his great work that we are saved. Yes. I've been uh, frantically the other day, you know, I've been frantically searching websites to make sure I don't have any traffic fines. Do you have any? No, no, no. You need to go check no, it not out. Not at all. Anyways, so uh, uh, I'm pretty sure that I've signed with my own hand for three traffic fines. And so I, I know that for a fact. So, so I go search on the internet and I can't find anywhere, any record of these three traffic fines that I've signed for because I want to pay them. I don't want to be in trouble. And then I realized either somebody scrapped it or somebody has paid for them. And it is a wonderful thing to know that the, the fine that I'm supposed to pay, I no longer owe. It's wonderful. Mm -hmm. I didn't deserve yes. this. Okay. Mm -hmm. So what is that? What, what do we call that? We call that grace. When yes. I don't have to pay the fine that I'm, uh, you know, I'm liable for. Okay. Now the question is this. Okay. So we're in that position. We deserve a fine from God. We deserve his judgment for the sin that we've committed. Okay. But there's no record of it if we are in Christ. Because he's paid for it. Okay. He scraped the yes. ticket. Okay. Now let's go back to the driving idea. Does this reality allow me now to go drive like I want? Okay. Think about that. Mm -hmm. I mean, Makes so, sense. so, so if, 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 if the tickets, if the traffic fines are not there, does that mean if somebody pays for my traffic fines, does that mean I can just go drive like I want? Um, if I'm not going to be held accountable for obeying the rules of the road, then I might as well drive like i want right but here's the problem exactly the rules of the road has been set in place for what for safety isn't it yes um i am endangering the lives of other people on the road when i break the rules and so yes. i'm not only endangering myself i'm endangering the lives of other people i'm putting my own life at risk and that is exactly what sin is and i think People don't understand this. We think that we sin just against God. We don't just sin against God. We sin against the earth. Yes. We sin against ourselves. We sin yes. against our friends when we sin. You see, because when I go sleep around, for example, I'm emotionally hurting the, the women that I'm sleeping around with. If I commit murder, I'm taking the life of another human being. If I lie, yes. I am deceiving somebody else that's going to have an impact on their lives. And that's the reason why God wants to eliminate sin from the earth. Whether I'm forgiven or not, he doesn't want sin here. 
And he specifically doesn't want sin in the people that who claims to love him because he doesn't want us to contribute to the mess in the world. Because all suffering and pain and evil started with sin. So at the reason, I think, why we need to be careful of, of sinning, even though we are saved by grace, is so that we don't perpetuate pain on the earth. So certainly the gospel of grace pays for my sins. It pays for my past, my present, and my future sins. Isaiah the prophet said, I, yes, I alone will blot out your sins for my own sake and will never think of them again. That's amazing. In another translation, it says, I'll remember your sins no more. Now, I don't know about you, Drew. I've got lots. Yes. Well, you've uh, probably I, I, got I, less so than I. me. No, uh, you can't say that. Um, <laughs> but, Machil, if I may say this, to go back to your traffic um, license analogy, um, yes. now that somebody paid for your debt or they scrapped it, whatever, you have two choices. You can go on and just drive how you want and just say, okay, yeah, whatever. You know, the, the end result of that is that, you, like you said, you're going to kill a lot of people on the road and that's yeah. going to get you in jail. You understand? Yeah. Or you can respond by saying, I'm so grateful. I'm going to obey the laws of the road and I'm going to make sure that I don't end up there again. So those are the two options. If I make sense, if, if, yes, if, that, yes, if yes. that makes sense. Yes. So you can either go on those two routes and out of gratitude, I'm assuming you know, for a uh, same thing in person, you're going to obey the ro uh, rules of the road. You, you're going to want to, you know, make sure that you do not hurt the next person. Yes. And, and, and also, uh, so sorry to cut you, Machil. Okay, if I may say this, Machil, um, and I, I'm going to try, try to say this humbly as possible, um, but uh, please allow me to be less humble. You know, I think in, in many religions, I can stand and brag about how good I am. I think in a general society, I, can, I think I can, I can be, I can say, no, I don't do that. I do that. I'm better than you. You know, I think mm. for me as a person, not that I'm saying that I sin less than most people, but I think when it comes to morality for me, I, I'm, I'm a very highly moral person. You know, yeah. um, I, I live by a certain code. I think I can be in a seat by saying I'm better than other people, but it's God's grace that reminds me that says, no, you know, um, you, I mean, there's so many things that you do that I've, I've that you've done that I've forgiven. And when you look at Jesus, the only, um, if I, for lack of a better term, the only beef that Jesus had was with the self-righteous people. If that makes sense, he never had the process, the 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 the, the um, uh, problems with the prostitutes or the tax collectors. It was always the Pharisees, the righteous people. If that makes sense. Yes. Yes. Um. Yeah, I think. Um... I think you, you're hitting something on the head there. I mean, you're hitting the nail on the head. Um, Jesus didn't like the Pharisees and he didn't like the teachers of the law and the, and the chief priests because they, they walked around and uh, everybody thought that they were perfect and holy and, and, and good. And, but Jesus knew their hearts. They had another type of inner sin um, that wasn't visible on the outside. And I, th I think that's why he really took them on. But we have to also remember that Although Jesus thoroughly rebuked the, um, the, the Pharisees, he also did correct the sinners. Like, for yes. example, the woman that was caught in the act of adultery, he said to that her, oh, well, I, don't, I don't condemn you, but then he says, leave your life of sin. So, yes, we, we've, and, and this is, I think, where the difficulty comes in with grace. And I think this might be the issue that some of the, the faiths have with us. And I'm going to maybe just read to us two scriptures just now. Um, 
is is this 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 battle between you forgiven but uh keep 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 obeying um i th- i think that's that's the the struggle that we have um and i th- i don't think that we need to um then we need to separate works from grace uh like for example uh we we always quote abraham you know he believed god and it was credited to him as righteousness right yes that is correct yes you you sent me that um verse and you know i think think that's mentioned in in romans that's mentioned in galatians and if you go back to the original uh then you see that um abraham didn't just believe god he completed his belief let me let me read that to us he completed his belief he proved his belief by being obedient i'm going to read to you um james chapter 2 verse 14 very simple. I knew I, I knew you're gonna go there, but please yeah. read it. What good is it, my brothers, if a man claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such a faith save him? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to him, Go, I wish you well, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about his physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself is of uh, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. So just you, you see their faith and action, yes. they go together. Yes. Okay. Um, yes. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds and I will show you my faith by what I do. You believe that there's one God, good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. And that's also important because a lot of people out there will say, you know what? All you need to be saved is just faith, just believe. And then the, the response would be, okay, but the demons believe as well. They also believe that there's one God. But the thing is, the problem with the demons is that they don't do the will of God. They don't obey God. Verse 20, you foolish man, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our ancestor Abraham considered righteous for what he did? You see there? Did. When he offered his son Isaac on the altar. You see that his faith and his actions were working together. And his faith was made complete by what he did. So... I think this explains very nicely is that, yes, um, my sins are forgiven when I believe. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. But then my actions have to prove that I really believe it. Like for that example, if I say that I, I love my wife, but I'm not willing to make sacrifices for her. Do I really love her? Yes. I understand exactly what you say. No, you so, don't. So do you think that's maybe why we need to obey as well? You know, I agree. That it shows our love for God. That is, I agree 100%. Um, I think faith and work, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, I think actions uh, is a result of faith. When you believe something, your actions show it. Yes. Do you understand? And, and you know, I, I used to struggle with this particular text. You know, when you read further, the last verse, it says, uh, as the body without the spirit is dead, so is faith without deeds. I used to struggle with it in varsity. I thought it was a con- uh, James contradicting Paul. Because Paul, on the other hand, is saying faith, and he's saying, no, actions. but I've come to realize, actually, they're not actually contradicting each other. They're actually saying the same thing. You, you, you understand? So yeah. I agree that you know, our actions is, is a result of what we do and what we believe. Yeah. I mean, like, like um, as you know, there's many people that they profess Christ. They, 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 they say they believe in God, but their actions say a whole different thing. Yeah. You, you understand? Yeah. So definitely. 
It's like their, their, their faith is empty. And, and I think James says yes. it so well. He says, show me your faith without deeds and I'll show you yes. my faith by what I do. Um, yes. So, uh, yeah. Please go on. Yeah, I, I just want to say, so, so we can't throw obedience out the door. Um, yes. We just don't obey for justification. We obey out of love. We, we obey because, and you used to always bring this, this text up, remember? And I'm going to put you on the spot, Mr. Theologian. There's a yes. text you used to quote all the time. For it is the mm. grace of God that teaches us to say, no to ungodliness. Yes, um, yes, it's, uh, <laughs> no, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> well, were you waiting for me to finish your sentence there? Yes. I was, I was, you piece I, of I, I was giving you space to speak. I, I was, I was giving you, you know, uh, space. I don't want to talk over that's, you. <laughs> that's a very nice comeback for not remembering the verse. Oh, no, don't be like that. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's, actually, I kind of forgot. <laughs> you know, um, it's the grace of yes. God that teaches us to say no to ungodliness. Let that sink in, dude. Yes. That was your famous go-to verse. Yes, I'm. I'm. I'm glad you you didn't forget. Uh, it's funny we're still discussing this years later you know uh because it tells me that people really don't understand and if if i may just if i may go to my favorite book in the bible the book of john i mean you know that i always i mean i when i when i became a christian it's all about god is love god is love if i can just summarize also what john says he says um this is something similar to james he says if if you see a brother who's in need and just tell him i love you go away um that's not love love is an action so it's the same thing with faith. You know, mm. um, we, we, we believe not because we, we just sit there and just wish things to happen. We believe and therefore we act, if that makes sense. Yes, yes, yes. yes. And if you may allow me, may I just close on this last text that I would like to share in terms of, you know, um, um, uh, works and, and grace. And Paul, uh, what I like about Paul, actually Paul is my favorite author in the Bible because um, he, to me, he's the author of grace, you know, uh, the new covenant, the new Testament. Yes. And, um, I, I, I actually, I found his dispute with Peter quite interesting because these are two disciples of Christ, you know, and if I may even say that Peter was the original and Paul just came along, but here Paul is saying, uh, he's totally saying to Peter, no, you don't know what you're talking about. And if you'd allow me to read, um, from chapter five, um, this is what Paul says. And, I, and it's almost as I can feel how upset he is. And at times, I think this is also how upset that I can get when, when, when I hear other young people, or just any people, anybody in general telling me that, you know, um, I still have to do a few things before I'm ready. You know, to me, it shows, it, it, just, it, it, just, it just upsets me because it, it tells me that nobody, the gospel is not being preached. So Paul says here, he says, Mark my words. This is him telling the church in Galatians. He says, I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, because the argument here was, no, you have to be circumcised to, to be righteous, as Peter was advocating. He says, if you let yourself be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. Again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he's obligated to obey the whole law. So Paul didn't say, okay, fine. If you really want to be righteous, and you want to obey these laws, then obey the whole thing. Because, you know, people are very picky. You know, they'll be like, yeah. no, I need to obey the Ten Commandments. I say obey all of them. Then he goes on and he says, um, you who are trying to be justified by the law, 
you have been alienated from Christ and you have fallen away from grace. Now, I find it interesting. He says, you've fallen away from grace. The moment mm-hmm. that you try to earn your salvation, the moment, the moment you, try, you try to impress God, that's when you've alienated yourself from Christ and fallen from grace. I don't, I don't, I don't even want to get into losing your salva- salvation because that's a topic for another time. You know, yeah. um, and he says, but by faith, we eagerly await through the spirit of righteousness for which we hope for Christ Jesus, neither circumcised, neither circumcision, nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Yeah. That may, are you with me? Yes. And, and he says, and says you're running a good race. Who cut you? Who, who cut in on you and kept you from obeying the truth? The kind of uh, persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. A little yeast works through the whole batch of dough. And if I can just skip a few uh, uh, verses. And he says, you, my brothers, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom. And this goes to, to what we're talking about. Okay, does that mean now can I go on sinning? He says, do not use your freedom to indulge in the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. The entire law is summed up in one single single command: love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, does that make sense? Like, no, so, like, just like, yeah, go on. No, go for it. No, no, like you're saying with the traffic. If you don't obey the rules of the traffic, you're gonna hurt everybody. And it goes back to goes back to loving your neighbors. That that's it. That that is yeah. what what God expects of us because. You know, under the new covenant, we asked the question about what it, what is the commandment of Christ? And they came and they asked him that. And what did he say? Yes. What what must I do? Yeah. And, they, and Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself and love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, strength, and body. And so the command is this, mm. love. That's it. That's it. Love. That is yes. that is the command. So, and, and, and it's not, it's not you doing that perfectly that's getting you into heaven. No, it's when you experience the love of God coming to your heart, when you give your life over to him, yes. that type of love that you experience, what he, what he gave on the cross, it's that love. What, what put Jesus on the cross was love. What should put you and me yes. into uh, denying ourselves for other people should be love. And, and we do that out of response. I agree. Not, not to get to heaven, but because that's... Yes. Um, and so you've got... Just for those who are listening, you've got one of two roads to get to heaven. One of two roads. I think that's essentially what Rampa is talking about here. And you can choose. There's road A and road B. So road A is this. You never ever in your life sin. You do everything perfectly. That includes circumcision, what you eat, what you say, where you go, what you think. You know, all of that stuff. You never once sin and you can go to heaven. All right? Yes. So that, that's road A. Road B is trust Christ. Trust Jesus. Mm-hmm. You trust him to pay for your sin. And you don't, you, you don't have to work to get there. Instead now, you, you love people. That's it. You love people because Christ loved you. You love people for the rest of your life. And that proves that you appreciate what Jesus did on the cross. And that's what gets you to heaven. I don't know which, which option would you yes. take? I think. Well, I think, I think I, yeah, I think I'll go with the one who have to work my way to, to, to heaven by not sinning and, you know, obeying all these laws. Sounds much easier. You reckon no. you failed already. Yeah, no, but... Well, yeah. But that's, that's the, that's the irony. That's the route I find most people choose. That's, I know it sounds quite silly, but that's what most people choose. And in my experience, 
and this is this is and you you touched on it earlier this is my big gripe with with islam uh, it's really a struggle for me with islam because in islam you have to you have to pray these these prayers you know there's the five pillars yes. of islam you got to do the hajj you got to give alms you got to say the allah akbar you got to i mean there's so many things that you got to do you're not allowed to eat pork you got to wear certain clothes yes. you got to Exactly. Oh, it's it's, it's uh, all these all these rules. There's no content in it. It's just external, exactly. um, external stuff that you've got to do. And here's here's the kicker, Rampai. You can do all of those things, and you still don't know if Allah is happy with you. Exactly. A, a, a Muslim, the the Muslim, you know, at at the end of for those of you who don't know, at the end of the name of Jesus or the end of the name of Muhammad, they put they always in writings they put P B U H. Peace be upon him. Peace be upon him. And the reason why they put that there is because they say that because they hope that Allah has got mercy on Jesus and mercy on, on Muhammad, his prophet. They don't even know if these guys had mercy exactly. from God, from Allah. Okay. And so if you die as a Muslim, you don't know if God, if Allah is going to accept you or not. You, yes, you just, no matter how hard you've worked, you don't you know. You don't know. And so, yes. So many people have got this idea. So, at the end of time, God's going to measure the good stuff that we've done with the bad stuff, like a measuring scale. If you've done more good stuff than bad stuff, then God is going to accept you. That's Islam for you. And so yes. you get to the end of your life and you've got no idea whether the God of the heavens and the earth actually is going to allow you into eternal life with him. It's, Whereas the, the, yeah. the Christian in the book of First John chapter 5, right there at the end, John writes and he says, I write these things to you, my dear children, that you may know that you have eternal life. That is correct. This is, this is why the Christian can know that he has eternal yes. life. Because it's not about how good he is. It's, it's mm -hmm. all about who he trusts in. He trusts Christ to pay the price. And he was the perfect one to pay the price. So, I mean, why in heaven's name would you choose a religion that puts you in a slavery position and you don't know what the outcome is. It's ridiculous. And, and you know what this, you know what the sad thing is, Machil, is that a lot of atheists, people turn away from God because they have this perception that this is a, this is Christianity is like any other religion. It's like you have to do all these good things. You know, they don't understand they don't understand the concept of Christ, love and grace. You talk to any atheist um, they won't understand uh, yeah. what it is that we're talking about because they're used to, they're expecting the argument, do this so that you can please God. You understand yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, please go on. Yeah, so, so just to, to get back and to answer the question, um, sin hurts people. A lack of love, and sin is a lack of love. And the best def definition for sin is works that hurt people. And that is yourself or somebody else. That careless word, the outburst of anger, the pornography, the weekend drunkenness, the adultery, the wicked thoughts, they're all hurting people and needs to stop. So if you continue living in sin after you've obeyed the gospel, then you haven't really obeyed the gospel. When the true gospel takes shape in your heart, you cannot continue sinning. First John I 3 verse 9 you. says, no one who is born of God will continue to sin. Because God's seed remains in them. They cannot go on sinning because they've been born of God. Now, that doesn't mean you will never sin again. But he's talking about habitual sin. 
you can't continue in the same path. You, if, if you've met, I mean, nobody met Jesus and walked away the same. In other that words, if true. Jesus lives in you, how can you continue hurting the people for whom Jesus has died on the cross? Would that Jesus work true. in you to hurt the people who has died, he has died for on the cross? No. Not at all. Um, and so, I sinned against you, Machil, too, so please forgive me. Is it? What did you do? I, no, I, I, we were supposed to record this on Wednesday. And, you know, I, I put myself in a position where I knew this probably wouldn't happen. So I just, you know, um, so I apologize. But I do know that God would hold it against me, you know, because he had forgiven me for that. So yeah, he, he, he's going he's gonna to allow me to pay you back for what you've done. I'm going to break you, boy. I'm going to fold you. Uh, good so. luck. Good luck to you, young man. Good luck. Start, start praying. But just a key, a key thought that came to my mind is, is, is this. True Christians don't make excuses to obey God. True Christians are not going to make excuses. Usually when you have people that's got a problem with, with obedience to God, it's people who haven't really been born again. If you've, if you've tasted the heavenly gift um, and and you've tasted God, then um, it will be easy for you to love people. You want to love people because Christ will be in I your agree. heart. I agree. Yes. All right, dude. Thank you for, yeah. for joining me. Anything else you want to add? No, I think, I think, I think that'll be it. Um, I would just like to encourage everybody to eat healthy, to stay in shape and to take care of themselves and their loved ones. You know, uh, that's all. That'll, and what, what do they do about their morality? Um, Any advice? <laughs> How do you accept uh, grace? Um, by believing the gospel. You know, um, it's, I think it's as simple as that. You know? And uh, Machil, I would like to say thank you on behalf of everybody you've impacted on the work that you do. I'm not trying to make you out to be the Muhammad of Christianity, but I just want to, I'm, 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 I'm sincerely grateful that you've, you, you've held on to God and you've been a pillar for me and you've been a great example for me in a culture and society where I feel as if there lack so many role models. I mean, we've had this discussion before mm. and I hope that we can actually have a few discussions about this, you know, how things are turning. And I really want to thank you. I think the older I get is the more I appreciate the people that, you know, raised me and, and instilled good morals in my life. So thank you for that, man. Yeah, bro, and, and you were an equal uh, great impact in many people's lives. Mine as well. You are um, you're a legend, and uh, love you lots. Thank you for for joining us. Thank you for bringing your thoughts. And uh, we still we must still have that discussion about masculinity. Yes, I, I'd really I'd really love that. Um, I'd I'd really really appreciate that. I just wanted to touch on this first before we get into that. Thank you. We definitely should. So it gives you it gives you time to become a man. Um, so, so we can have that discussion all right all right okay keep saying that keep saying that love you brew and uh love thank you, you everybody brother. for uh listening in and um yeah you got any thoughts or suggestions or questions that you think uh, we can we can talk about and deal with please do not hesitate to give me a shout rampime god bless you man with your with your plans you. and uh keep safe brew love you lots man thank cheers you. good thank you cheers